I'm pretty sure Josh's dream was recorded, uh, and so we'll put it up on podcast. But if you didn't catch it, the Lord really is speaking some stuff, and we want to hear what the Lord's saying. He's building every week. I mean, he really is. The Lord is building this thing. And one thing he's doing is he's training us. He's training us. One thing he's one thing particular, you know, uh, and even last week, I mean, with Deborah's word, and the, the Lord had given me the same thing that morning, Psalms 46. And at the end of it, for 46.10, you know, uh, be still and know that I am God. Uh, we started having the Lord speak to us at the leadership that the Lord wanted us to take us into places that we've never been before, and it was going to be um, a place of learning how to wait on the Lord and how to do this thing in a way that pleases God. What if church became a place where everyone is just trying to make the Lord welcome and comfortable, and it doesn't matter what men think? And if you remember Josh's dream... Josh, and I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but the gist of the dream where there were people in church that were just there to be entertained. And when that didn't happen and it was got focused on worshiping, us being worshipers and worshiping the Father and worshiping the Son, all of a sudden the people that were just in it for some other reason got up and left. And then there was an incredible unity of worship where the presence of the Lord came and the glory came. And I do think the Lord's not just, I think he's doing that in his body. He's trying to separate the wheat and the tares where people, when we have wrong agendas for coming to church, you know, and if you're a guest here, we welcome everybody. We want everybody to be welcome here. We want everybody to enjoy, even if you're not a guest here. If you, if you come here all the time, we're still glad you come. <laughs> and we want you to have a great experience, and we want you to enjoy being here, but at the end of the day, the priority is him. This is his house. We're here to worship him. And if that's a different agenda than what you're used to, you either have to shift your agenda and realize that the Father is seeking worshipers who will worship in spirit and truth and decide to become one of those, or you're going to leave. Not because I'm going to tell you to leave, but because you're not going to like this. You're just not. Because we're going somewhere that uh, hopefully is going to be above the snake line and, and, and people ain't going to be comfortable going where we're going because you have to, the only way, because it's going to be uncomfortable, and the only way to go there is to have a desire and a vision for something that you're willing to risk it for. You know, the old saying, risk it for the biscuit, the bread of his presence. <laughs> I'm going to risk it for the, the fresh biscuit. <laughs> and so we're going after this thing. If you please go back and listen to the podcasts on our website. What is it? What is it, Peter? Morningstar Wilmington. Y'all should know this, so I will look it up. I got it on my thing. Uh, MorningstarWilmington.org. If you go to MorningstarWilmington.org, there's a sidebar. You hit on it, and it has podcasts. Let's see where we're at. The last one was the one I preached called He Healed Them All. And if you hadn't listened to that, please listen to it. 
You know, it, it really, we, we went through and just looked at Jesus and the scriptures about how he healed and what his ministry was like. And feel free to push that forward if, that's in, if that row is pushed back too far. Um, but we looked at him, and then we went through and gave testimony of all the, a lot of the healings that have taken place the last year. And when you start counting them up, it, the Lord did a lot of healing in this church over the last year. We just don't stop sometimes to take count of it. But anyhow, please listen to that message. Uh, I felt like it was very important. But the next one on there will be Josh's, and I think Jesse will probably get it up this week. Um, and then we put up everyone. So I had the Lord. Um, this I've not even got into what I want to share. I'm not going to be real long today. I'm serious, I think. Um, but I had the Lord speak to me over there. And it's further along this line about waiting. And, I, and the Lord is training us in that. He's training us how to get past these, comfort, these uncomfortable places and to go off-road because that's where the treasures are. The treasures are places you've never been before. And if you're not willing to go somewhere you've never been, then you're not going to see anything you've never seen. I want to see some stuff I've never seen before. So we have to be willing to go places we've never been. And that's not comfortable. It's even less comfortable when you feel like uh, you're dragging people with you. But the thing I love about this church is that I'm, I'm not dragging anybody. Y'all are, y'all are hungry for this. And that's awesome. We're, we're one. And, of course, if that's not your heart, you'll leave. <laughs> and we'll bless you on your way out. <laughs> that's okay. We want, we want to go where God's taking us. But one of the things the Lord spoke to me, and I had never seen this before, but I had this vision of an, of an eagle over there, and, I, and me and Paul started conversing. I was like, what, you get anything? And I'm like, I see an eagle. And he's like, you know, we started thinking, and I was, it was like, is that the prophetic? And I'm like, and then it hits me, just like, down, you know how to download, a light bulb just all of a sudden goes off, and you just see something you never saw before. Isaiah 40, what does it say? Those that wait upon the Lord, they renew their strength. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. So if you want the strength to go, you got to wait. And as you wait, he's going to give you strength to run. But what does it say? You will mount up with wings like eagles, right? Here's what I felt like the Lord told me. If we as a congregation would give ourselves to waiting on God, then we will walk in another level of the prophetic that, we've never, that the world's never seen. If we will, be, will give ourselves to wait on him, he will release prophetic. Why do I say that? If you don't know, eagles represent prophetic ministry a lot of times because their eyesight, the way they can see and the way they fly into storms and they get taken higher, there's so many parallels between eagles and the prophetic, hearing God's voice, being able to see with God's vision. And, uh, and, they, and they eat snakes. And so I do believe that if we will give ourselves to this, and it will, there will be days this won't be very comfortable but if we'll give ourselves to be trained by this, because we're not just waiting for the sake of waiting, we're waiting on Him. 
Now, how many know if you're married, you guys out there, let me, I'm about to get stoned, but that's all right. I'll take one for the team. Uh, how many know sometimes waiting on your wife uh, can be a process? I have learned that when we're needing to be somewhere on time or on my, my time, and it's not wise to go ask your wife, are you ready yet? <laughs> that's usually when I get in trouble. Hey, babe, you ready yet? I'm trying to get ready. I'm working as hard as I can. Get out of here. <laughs> You're slowing me down. No, you're just slowing her down. She'll be ready when she's ready. And when she's ready and she comes out, you get in the car and then you leave. So until then, go make sure you're doing something to, get, to, do, to just do something. <laughs> leave her alone. But you know, it's funny because it's kind of like that with the Lord in the standpoint is when the Lord appears, we're ready to go. Until then... You wait. It's like me waiting. I, I usually go to the piano, and I play piano waiting on my wife because I, I might as well do something to entertain myself before she, because there's no rushing her. And you can't rush God. You can't make God show up. You wait. I'm not leaving without her, right? Well, I'm not leaving without the Lord, He's what's valuable, and so we wait on the Lord to show up. And you can apply this to all kinds of areas of our life where we need to wait on the Lord. You know, you may be in a crunch right now and don't know what's going on, don't know where the answer is going to come from. Wait. Don't run out there with, like a chicken with its head cut off, running around crazy, trying to f somehow make something happen. Although that is satisfying to the degree that you are at least trying to do something in your own strength, something you know you can make, you have control over, it doesn't produce what you're wanting. And if it's not producing what you're wanting, wouldn't it be better just to wait on the one who can bring the right answer? But that takes faith. With faith and patience, we inherit the promises, right? Sometimes, actually, I didn't even mean this, but this is kind of tying into my message, um, and I didn't even mean this to happen. Turn over with me to John 11. We'll just go with this. All right, John 11, verse 1. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was the Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So the sisters sent word to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. But when Jesus heard this, he said, This sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified by it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he then stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Okay? Jesus is being called on, right? And he's just sitting still. Just pointing that out. So, just so you understand this, uh, you know, obviously they walked everywhere. Unless they rode a horse or a donkey or a camel or a really, really, really big dog. 
no, no dogs. Uh, they walked. And it, you know, getting places sometimes was day's journey, you know, because walking, especially Sabbath days, because you wouldn't walk as fast in order to honor the Sabbath. And so, um, so when it says he stayed there two days longer, you have to realize that they had sent word to him. Somebody had to travel to get to him, so there was time lost. And then they get to Jesus and let him know, and Jesus knows he has to travel to them, so that would be more time. But Jesus decides to stay two days longer. Then after this, so after the two days, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. Now, let me point this out too. Jesus is good at this. He wasn't moved by men. He wasn't moved by pressure. I get moved by pressure sometimes. That bill's due, man. I got to do something. I just wait on, man. I don't like doing that, Lord, because I can't see what you're doing. But the Lord, he don't get moved by pressure. He don't get moved by circumstances. He had people that just came to him and said, Lord, come. You're, the person you love is sick. You need to come right now. Can you imagine what that, those people's faces looked like when Jesus said, uh, we're just going to sit here for a couple days. Lord, they're like, he's sick. Come on. Come do something. You got to move. And the Lord said, two more days. Now, to somebody who's very sick, and he obviously is sick because we know the story, he dies. Right? They, they knew he was sick. That's why they sent for him. And here Jesus is waiting. I don't think he had permission to move yet. The cloud hadn't lifted. He had to follow the Spirit. Jesus only did what he saw his Father doing. That's where God wants us to grow up into that place, to where we are led by the Spirit in that way, where we only do what we see our Father doing. If the Lord says sit, we sit. If the Lord says get up and go, we go. Whatever you say, that's what we do. We're spirit-led. Jesus was perfectly spirit-led. He never missed it. He was always perfectly in tune with the Spirit of God. And so, two days later, they, they say, uh, then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of the world. But if anyone walks in the night, he, stump he stumbles, because the light is not in him. This he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go so that I may awake him out of sleep. Man, what an amazingness. What what. Great faith, Jesus walked in. Jesus knew by the Spirit that this guy was going to die, and he knew the pressure that, that all of those people would have felt on them to go and make something things. But Jesus said, you know, look, our friend Lazarus, he's fallen asleep. But I go so that I may awaken him out of sleep. See, the, the Lord wanted the problem to get a little worse before he showed up. The disciples then said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken to, of his death, but they thought he was speaking of the literal sleep. So Jesus then said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. 
Hey, guys, he's dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there so that you may believe. I am glad that I wasn't there so that you may believe. I love this story. You know, if you know the story, you know Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. There's so much to point out here. Uh, I feel like there's a prophetic message in this for some of you that I'm going to share, and I am sharing. And I think it does go along, too, with where we're at and what God's speaking to us. But I just want to make a side note. They've seen Jesus heal probably thousands and thousands of people, I'm guessing. I guesstimate it. I know that he, the scripture says he healed them all. In every place he was going, he was healing the sick. And so they knew Jesus was a healer. But they didn't quite yet know that Jesus was the resurrection and the life. And we're going to get into that in a minute a little bit. Um, Therefore, Thomas, who is called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. They said, he said that because he knew that there was persecution by the Pharisees and they had left that region because of it. So they knew they were trying to kill Jesus. So that's why he said that. He knew that if they went back there, there was potential for Jesus to be arrested. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. So John had been, or Lazarus had been dead four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him, but Mary stayed at the house. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. See, Martha's totally got the revelation, Jesus the healer. Got it. If you would have been here, Lord, you would have healed him. She didn't have the revelation that he is the resurrection and the life. That just at his voice, as Jesus said, there's a day coming when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and will rise again. She didn't see it. Even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. She says that, but she don't believe it. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. You know, sometimes our faith is so little and Jesus is coming and he's presenting to us something that stretches our even grasp. It's like stretching even our ability to grasp something or stretching our ability to believe something. It's like, and so we dumb it down. You know, oh, well, I know he'll, he'll, he'll resurrect in the end. But Jesus has got something far better. I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I have believed that you are the Christ, the son of God, even he who comes into the world. When she had said this, she went away and called Mary, her sister, saying secretly, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and was coming to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha met him. 
Then the Jews who were with her in the house and consoling her, when they saw that Mary got up quickly and went out, they followed her, supposing that Jesus was going to the tomb to weep there. Therefore, when Mary came where Jesus was, she saw him and fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Once again, they knew Jesus was the healer. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled. And said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews were saying, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man also from dying? You know, people have questions. We all have questions about things sometimes that we don't understand, and that's okay. Just take them to him. So Jesus, again, being deeply moved within, came to the tomb. Now it, was, now it was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, remove the stone, Martha. Or, I'm sorry, Jesus said, remove the stone. And Martha, the sister of the sea, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they removed this stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but because of the people standing around, I say it, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. The man who had died came forth, bound hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped around with a cloth. Jesus said to him, Unbind him and let him go. Therefore many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw what he had done believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them the things which Jesus has done. That's the amazing part to me is how people responded. There were two types of people who responded to Jesus. One were amazed man, this is this guy, he's legit, he's the deal. And then there was a group of people that were so tied to their own understanding that they would reject all of these miracles, signs, and wonders because it didn't fit in with what they, what they thought. You got people like that today. Um, but here's, here's, here's the, the, the thing I want to get at. Um, I believe the Lord kind of gave me this this morning as a metaphor for our lives. Um, and I think this is, I, I do believe the Lord has a message of hope for some people. Um, there, the Lord will often, often allow certain things in our lives to die. We're praying for you know, we're praying for things to be healed sometimes, and the Lord's just waiting for that sucker to die. And you can apply this to all kinds of things in our lives. There are all thing, there's all kinds of things that go on in our lives that are applicable to this, where it might be like Abraham, where he says, uh, I'm, I got a son. You're going to have a son. I got a promise for you. You're going to have a son. And, you know, all the stars in 
the heaven and all the sands on the seashore, you know, that all of your seed are going to be more than the stars in the sand, and it's all going to come through this promised child that I'm going to give you. And yet the Lord wanted Abraham to sacrifice his son, the only place in Scripture where God asked of, that, of a man to do it. Now we know from Hebrews that uh, God considered it done when he saw that Abraham was willing to do it, and he stopped Abraham from doing it because he saw where his heart is. But often in our lives, the Lord wants to kill certain things, even the promises that we've had of God. We can have a promise, something God's spoken to us about, something that we're, we know is God-born, but yet it gets sick and it dies. Could be a ministry, could be a business, could be relationships, it could be all kinds of things. And, you know, when we're in that process, we're often asking God, Lord, Lord, help this, help this business, Lord. God, help it succeed. It's really on its last leg. Lord, help it. Lord, help this ministry that I feel called to. Lord, help this calling in my life. It's not going real well. I have found that often that when the Lord speaks something into our life, if not always, we end up like the children of Israel get told, I'm taking you to a land flowing with milk and honey, and the very first place we go to, they don't even have water to drink. It's like, what's up, God? You just said you're taking me to a land flowing with milk and honey, but the first place we go, we don't even have water to drink. That's the dichotomy of God. It's the upside-down Christianity world where to go up, you have to go down. <laughs> it's the weirdness. If you humble yourself, God will exalt you, but if you exalt yourself, he'll humble you. Or, you know, if you give... He gives, you'll be given unto you. It doesn't make sense. You're giving everything away, but the Lord brings it back. The kingdom is backwards. Um, if you pick up your cross and follow me and die, right, you'll be resurrected. He who seeks to save his life loses it, but he who loses his life for my sake and the kingdom will find it. There's an upside down world. But I, I felt like the Lord wanted to tell some people that there was a new birth of hope for some things that have died in some people's lives today. And so that's why I said I felt like this was a little bit prophetic in the sense that I feel like there's people in here who have had some very desperate situations, things that have happened where they had the death of a dream, a God dream, and the Lord wants you to know that there's a resurrection coming. And then there's some things that we need to do, and that's first of all, we have to stop believing that in just the, Jesus the healer, which we need to believe in. Okay, I've taught that, just told y'all to go listen to it. Jesus healed them all. But we also got to get to know Jesus, the resurrection of the life. He can, he can bring things back from the dead. And I got news for you, he can bring a dead person back too. I know people that have encountered that. I know people that encountered it. And we're going to see more and more of that because that kind of faith is being raised up in God's people. 
Jesus said, the works I do, ye shall do, and even greater works shall you do, because I go to the Father. And he sent them out, and he told them to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, preach the gospel of the kingdom. That declaration, that decree has never changed, and we're called to walk in that kind of faith. And we're growing up into that. So I'm not just talking about dreams, but I am talking, I feel like the Lord told me this morning there's some dreams that God wants to restore to people that have been dead. But here's the thing. Let's go back to verse 38. Jesus said, remove the stone, Martha. The sister of the deceased said to him, Lord, by this time there will be a stench, for he has been dead four days. Martha just took a while to get with this. I mean, she did. She was, yeah, Lord, I know you're the resurrection of life, and he'll raise again on the last day. I know that. No, you're not getting it. I am the resurrection. I am. I'm here. I'm not talking about some future place. The resurrection power is standing in front of you. And then she runs off. It was too much for her. And then here he is again, and he tells her, remove the stone. Lord, what are you saying? Remove the stone. It, he's dead. He stinks really bad. He's, he's, she's counseling God. How many know God doesn't need your counsel? Just do what he told you to do. You know what I mean? Just do what God says. You don't have to rationalize it. You don't have to reason with it. When you know God spoke to you, do what God told you to do, and you'll see resurrection come. You'll see power released. It takes faith because you, you, know, you don't see it, but you're just obeying, but that is faith. Obedience is faith, and faith is obedience. He told them to remove the stone. He didn't do it. You ever notice that? And I believe there's a lot of dead things in our life that we're keeping locked up, and God wants to resurrect it, but we refuse to take the, to take the, the seal off and move the stone away because we don't have any faith that God's really going to restore it. And I think the Lord wanted to let people to know today, if you're willing to believe me, that I can do this and will do this because faith isn't believing God can do something. Faith is believing God will do something. Faith is not believing God can do something. Anybody with a rational mind that accepts the creation order of Genesis believes that God can do anything. If everything's created by his word, there's nothing he can't do. Faith is believing that God is going to do it. He loves you enough. He wants to help you. He wants to release healing. He wants to release finances. He wants to relieve breakthrough. He wants to come and touch you. He wants to do things in your life, but you got to remove the stone. You got to remove it. There are some hindrances to us receiving God's resurrection power in our life, and it's us not being willing to remove the stone and to and to have the faith that what's going to come out of there is something more than just something that stinks real bad. 
I know sometimes we get to thinking about the natural and it's like, oh, like she did, man, this is going to stink. And you know what? If God don't come through, you're right, it is going to stink. But God, and the, the question is, are you willing to risk it for the biscuit? Are you willing to risk the stinketh? <laughs> are you willing to to risk the stink stank stunk are you willing to risk it to follow god and to go ahead and remove the stone jesus didn't resurrect lazarus already lazarus wasn't knocking at the door saying let me out they had to take a a preemptive move of faith in order to see that miracle and somebody believes jesus enough to actually roll the stone away. And when they did, Jesus spoke and says, Lazarus, come forth. And you know, there's some things that God wants to call forth again into your lives that you thought died, Deborah. There's some things that God wants to call forth again in your life that you thought died, you never saw a fulfillment of it, never saw a completion of it, but he's asking you to roll away the stone. Go ahead and prepare for takeoff. Go ahead and pack your bags. Go ahead and form that LLC or S Corp that you're called to be, have a business in. Go ahead and take the step of faith anticipating the Lord's resurrection power. And I believe the Lord's tugging on some hearts today. I'm saying that in faith because I felt like the Lord said this was a prophetic word for some people today. Take a move of faith. Now, obviously, if Jesus isn't speaking to you, you don't want to open up a grave without the Spirit's leading. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because then it will stink. <laughs> but when we're hearing the Father, we have to put faith to what we're hearing. You know, it says in Hebrews 4, and in he at the end of Hebrews 3 and, and, and into Hebrews 4, it said, talking about the children of Israel, he said they heard good news, but the news that they heard didn't help them because they didn't combine faith with the hearing. See, when God speaks to you, you have to put legs on your faith. When God speaks to you, you know how many people Jesus healed in the, in the scriptures where he actually asked them to do something before? I'll give you like the, wom the woman whose son had died and they were taking him to the city of Nain and they were, a funeral procession is walking, is coming along, your own, and this lady's only son and they're all mourning and he comes up to him, and he says, stop. He's t these people are going to bury this child, this lady's only son, and he comes up to him, and he tells this funeral procession, stop. Stop your mourning. Stop where you're, you're going to bury something. Stop. Can you all hear that? Sometimes we go to bury things. Because we think it's over. And we're not giving God an opportunity. And God's saying, stop. 
Stop putting that thing to de- to, 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 uh, in the ground. Stop. And when he, they stopped, Jesus said, open the casket. Same message. They had to stop. And oh, why would they open that thing unless they believed God was about to do something? There was a, there was a, a way the Lord had allowed them to operate at least some level of faith which gave him a release to do the miracle that he wanted to do. See, our faith releases the Lord to do what he wants to do. He wants to do something, but faith releases it. It's like, the, it's like the man born blind. He puts mud on his eyes and he tells him to walk a mile away, roughly, and wash in a pool, and if you do it, you get healed. A blind man has to go through the streets walking along the way in a busy city over a mile away. You think he would have did that if he didn't think something was coming? If you go through and you study all the healings in the in, in, Jesus did in the Gospels, almost all of them have those type of, of things where there's faith being activated. And I want to tell you today, God wants to... He wants to restore, but not just restore, He wants to resurrect some things that have been dead. You know why He does that? Because He gets greater glory. He wants to show us how much glory is there in bringing something back from the dead. Jesus stayed two days longer because he had something else in mind. They knew him as healer. They had to go past that. They had to know the God that raises the dead. And there's some things in your life that are dead. But God is saying, remove the stone. Can y'all hear that? Is that speaking to some people today? If, this is, if you feel like this is you, I want you to stand up just as an acknowledgement to God. And it may not be for every person in here. Some of you young enough, you ain't been through nothing yet. <laughs> and that's okay. You will. All right. Thank you, Lord. Now, Lord, I'm just, I'm just going to ask the Lord to speak to you for a second. Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, show these people what this grave... T- stone is speak to them what they what step of faith they they're to take to prepare for the resurrection that you're bringing to their life and just listen for a minute tell the lord i'm gonna do this whatever you tell me to do i'm gonna do it just get that in your heart whatever he says obey And now, Lord, just speak to them, to each individual. Thank you, Lord.